0: Hi, welcome to my podcast, Articulate. My name is Divya Sharma, and I have started this podcast to bring together students of art from all over the world to create a community by talking to them about their backgrounds, their art art practice, their inspirations and experiences. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Matrika Bhandari. She is a young uh, student from India who is studying for her master's in textiles in the Royal College of Art, London. Hi, Matrika, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm good. So happy to be a part of this podcast. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I know I've had such amazing conversations with um, uh, artists from various fields, genres and continents. And I'm so glad that you agreed to be a guest on this one.
1: I'm happy. (laughs) I am grateful to be a part of
0: it. Uh, So... Tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself first.
1: So, um, I practice textiles and uh, I'm a designer and I have done my undergrad from NIFT Delhi.
0: So, you have to um, uh, explain what is NIFT. What does it stand for?
1: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, NIFT is uh, National Institute of Fashion Technology. And it has, like, a lot of centers in India, and I studied in New Delhi. Yeah. And then, uh, so I did my undergrad in bachelor's in design in textiles. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was working with the company for a few months, but it didn't really match the kind of product, uh, work I wanted to do. So I left that, and I started freelancing a little. And then I applied for Royal College, and now I'm here.
0: Oh, amazing. yeah. So, um, uh, tell me that, were you always keen on um, uh, going into a creative uh, field for your career, as a career and for your livelihood? Or um, how was your um, interest in terms of uh, uh, various subjects in school?
1: Honestly, like... uh it till school i was a science student till class 12 and Mm. like so my subjects were physics chemistry maths economics and english okay i i did not study art before that and um like i was always interested in like drawing and creating things and everything and i wanted to pursue creative a creative feel for my career but um it wasn't really a easy decision like easy thing to convince my parents of because like since I had science as my first background they wanted me to pursue engineering and wow that was like such a long time ago now that I think about it because I remember like arguing them arguing with them and I was like I used to be like I have to do designing why are you making me study like you know why do you want me to pursue like engineering, when I'm not even interested
0: in it. And but were you but good with these subjects and, like, um, yes, Marxism? yes, okay,
1: yes, I actually liked so my school only had two options like either commerce or science yeah and somehow commerce was like way like went just past my head I couldn't grasp anything and science always felt very natural to me like it's logic and it's reasoning and you know why what is happening yeah so it used to be really fun like you know okay so a plus b gives c so b minus c C should be A. So it used to be like, you know, that sort of logic used to really center me at times. And I actually loved science. Like I used to really enjoy learning and studying about it, but I didn't think that I enjoyed it so much to make a career out of it.
0: So, but it's it isn't it counterintuitive the fact that the logic and the predictability and the fact that there is a a wrong and a right answer in science is so different from um, a creative pursuit where anything is possible like it's infinity uh, you know options that you have in front of you some people can get really intimidated I know a lot of um, uh, science graduates who would be like "I, I can't do what you're doing. So how did you uh, manage to conquer that?
1: I don't know actually this like this still baffles me at times because I love structure in life sometimes like you know it's really peaceful to have like a routine at times and you know that yeah I'll be waking up at this time and have to do this and you know being organized but at the same time there's like a chaos which I cannot control that I'm like okay so what like if I do not do this fine I'll do something else in life so it's like it. I don't know. I have like equal sides of both the pros, like both the things in my personality. I would say. Yeah. I am half logic, half creativity
0: right now. Okay, like, but I think but, with your textiles, though, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. There is a kind of structure. It's quite a structured. Um, field isn't it it's uh it's not something you, you don't just throw paint on the canvas or you just don't uh, need uh, clay or something it's something that you have to be really precise with it in the number of weaves that you do the number of counts of thread and isn't it like that i mean i feel there is an element a part of, of it is yeah. yes a
1: part of it is like like that if you're like designing fabric and all of that but then after coming to royal college i would really say that my perception of what textiles is has completely changed mm. because I have people like so we are situated on the seventh floor with like an open floor plan with all our desks so we can look at what other persons are doing whenever we are walking by and I must tell you like there are so many people who are not even working with fabric as their material yeah. people are working with uh bioplastics people are working with uh Um, laser cut uh, and then mdf boards and anything and everything so just fabric as textiles i think now has become a very conventional uh term Mm -hmm. but like it's so much more than that because the person who's sitting uh sitting to my right in the studio she works with plaster of paris and uh sponges and you know those kind of materials
0: Wow! So you you yeah you're going into the foray of uh, sculpture and uh, yeah
1: it yeah actually like yeah. so it's like it combines everything together. It's like your interpretation of what textiles should be mm-hmm. or what textiles can be. So they like you know there is no restrictions of material at all. You know we are
0: free to explore that. Having said that, though, but your um, uh, initial foundation in the technical knowledge of um, weaving and textiles and um, all that I- isn't that a good base to have if you didn't yes. didn't have that then you would be kind of limited by your lack of um, knowledge yes um, I would
1: really like I'm really happy to say that that my undergrad gave me a very strong foundation of what what textile is and you know understanding fibers and fabrics and how the you know the main the basic things work like how a loom works how printing happens whether it's screen print block print or you know how tie and die is done so we experimented with all of these when i was studying in Mm. nift so you know that was one of the best parts of my undergrad i would say because in we were learning the theory and we were doing that in our practical as well so you know when you can relate the theory with the practical the a lesson stay with you because if we were learning that okay basket weave works like this and you know you have to make this kind of a design and then we were doing that on the tabletop looms which was which were there in my college so you know we could understand how it worked because I remember the first time they told us that we would be weaving that I used to I actually sat and I wondered that how will the fabric be made I cannot understand it and then once I started doing it it was it was like such a magical thing because it's like yarns and like you know you are interlacing them on your room and then suddenly like you know within a few hours you see like a fabric which you have made in front of
0: you amazing you're so lucky oh my god I wish I could go back and do a degree in that now (laughs) so
1: and yeah, and, and, like, one of the best thing is, like, getting into textiles was a completely luck by chance which happened. Is it? I honestly didn't know anything about design before starting my undergrad. Like, n- like no one in my friends or family is in this field. I was the only one who wanted to do it. And I was like, huh, we'll see what happens after I go
0: to college.
1: So, how and did you I prepare also, for
0: it, though? If you didn't have, how did you have a... Port, you Do did, did you have to have a portfolio to show in your interview? Uh,
1: no. We for a few colleges you need to have a portfolio, but then they base on your like you know, based on your creativity skills. They do not ask you to have textile pieces just because you want to do textile design. Right. But for uh, NIFT, we had an entrance exam. Mm. So, uh, we had a general knowledge test and a creative ability test. And then we had a second round in which we were, like, given a few selection of materials and we had a few topics. And then we had to choose any one of the topics and make a sort of, like, a 3D model in, like, two hours. So that was our second round. And then based, and we had to, like, write a write-up as well, like, of 100 words, giving it a caption. And then based on that, like, they we were ranked all over India, what, however many
0: students participated that sounds participated. really intense my god I mean you. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any practice in 3D modeling before your um, exam whatever we did in school like a few art projects
1: in school maybe that and then I tried to like make a few models try to see how materials work you know just before the exam just to understand okay like what else you can do so that was the <laughs> yeah
0: great so um what do your other colleagues from nift do after they finish their graduation i know we'll talk about what you did but how what what is the typical like trajectory from uh, nift textiles uh what are the kind of um, options do they have in terms of work or freelancing so
1: um like like for i would say like after doing textiles we could freelance in almost anything mm-hmm. like in the field of textiles it did not have to be limited to just weaving or just printing we were we did illustrations as a subject and then we did surface manipulation so you know we could work in export houses designing for them or what? we could work in weaving yeah
0: what is surface manipulation if you just
1: explain yeah so surface manipulation is and like on a fabric if you see any sort of embellishment like pleats or ruffles or embroidery or sequence work or any sort of a uh, design element done it's surface manipulation right it's right. just that mm-hmm. yeah so uh, a few of my friends are working in different export houses in india like uh, a friend of mine was actually working with Fab India. Mm. And then uh, there is this very big uh, um, home. Like, a lot of people are actually working in home interiors. Mm. So, uh, there is this brand called Shades of India. Right. So, a few of my friends work there. And, uh, like, so, you know, you can go there. And then there are weaving mills. Mm. Like, suppose if you look at Arvind and Raymond, who produce, like, mills... Uh, you know, stats and stacks of fabric for production. So you can also go into that. Right. And that is uh, a combination of print and weaving. So you work with them. Right. So And,
0: yeah. Yeah, so I know that, um, of course, we know that India has like a whole treasure trove of uh, ancient textiles, isn't it? All this, Yes. Uh, I, I don't even, um, can't even name them, right? Doesn't come to my thing now but then the um, the range of fabrics that you have have unlimited the, unlimited isn't it the weave unlimited like. yeah so I was seeing a program on this dhakai saris in from yeah. Bangladesh and I know that there, there are um, there are links to India too because you know it was yeah. all one kind of area and how this person tried to revive those uh, weaves and the kind of cotton I believe has become extinct that plant yeah which, uh, which was used for kind Dhakai. Of, Uh
1: yes the kind of uh oh should i'm forgetting the name of the fabric yeah. what it's called um
0: and oh so God. he found Malmal, i
1: think no, mal-mal,
0: it's not malmal malmal is uh different this is uh an ancestor of that and it's extinct and they had just one dried specimen in the queue gardens here Because somebody from, you know, those days had brought it over. And so from that, he kind of, uh, they're kind of trying to grow that plant again. And he has learned how to weave those, um, the way that it used to be done. And he's trying to revive. It was such an interesting, it was a film, actually, how he did that. And it was so interesting. So, um, is there any, uh, any of your... Colleagues trying to revive uh, these old textiles and weaves. Is there any kind of movement? From- Actually, I have been working with
1: that after I like while I was doing my undergrad. Okay. So yeah, so in NIST we have this uh cluster program, cluster projects. So like at the end of second year, uh, like all these second years are distributed into like groups of seven to like different different parts of India where such crafts are happening and we have to document those crafts like sit with the artisans, learn about the craft and make a document. Amazing. So what NIF did like uh, I, a few years ago that for our fourth year, like seventh semester, they added another cluster program that we will visit those clusters again and work with the artisans and make a series of products, whatever it might be, like uh, woven or basket weaving or kalamkari anything like wow. depending on the craft you're working with right so and so what happens is in our eighth semester of our college which is our final semester uh, we have to do a, a semester long internship with a company and then we have to produce two collections for our final show like that's basically our entire thing and over the last few years nift with the uh, had this initiative with Ministry of textiles where uh, students can write proposals for Ministry of textiles if they want to work with a specific craft or a, a handicraft or a handloom technique and the Ministry of textiles sponsors them mm-hmm. for the project so it's like a completely self-driven project. So I did that for my eighth semester Is it? so I worked yeah so I worked with a group of weavers near Ajmer. Wow. In a small uh, village called Biabar. So, Mm. they make... Yeah, in Rajasthan, yes. So, they make flat woven rugs out of wool and cotton. Right. So, uh, the main purpose of the... Uh, this initiative is design intervention because so many of these crafts are losing out on customers because either people are not aware about it or people want something new and you know, like you know, they want they want to attract a wider consumer base because mm. like we understand it because we are studying it and we know the value of it and maybe the generation before us, elder to us understood it because even they were a little aware, but then a lot of younger generations might not be attracted to that aesthetic or might not even know about it. Yeah. So you know how you can make designs which might interest like a more might interest more people and you know help them sell more products. Mm. So I worked with them for like almost four and a half, five months and I worked on two collections of flat woven rugs yeah
0: be sure to send me the picture so that I can share it along with this um, yes
1: definitely like one of I think like one of the best experiences I have had and it was such a hectic time because I used to travel between Jodhpur, Ajmer and Delhi almost like every month because I had to go there to send them give them the designs and see what they have done and explain it to them what has to be done and everything and then come back to Delhi do my research show it to my mentor in college and then again go back with the changes and see what is happening so it used to be like just shuffling around between three places
0: yeah so much fun. amazing that is uh, uh, that is like a life-changing experience I think
1: Completely, completely. I remember when, like, so the color palette which I had chosen for my collection, I had got like samples of yarns which were dyed to show it to my mentor in college and she was like, I am not sure if these colors are gonna work and I almost had a heart attack because <laughs> the the rugs had already gone into like making, they had started weaving it. And I was like, I can't change it now. (laughs) And I was, like, so scared because the thing is, like, when you're working with a a company, uh, you can, like, for every design you make, you can just say it, like, yeah the company asked me to do this yeah. so you know you have that justification behind you but over here I was the only person like I chose all the theme, all the color palette what designs would be there and I had to be my own designer and approver and editor and everything wow. and it was so scary and so after all the products were made, so we had an internal exam before the final one. And I got all the products to college and those were in the room. And I was wait- I was the last person to go in for my jury and I was waiting and waiting. And my mentor just walked in and See, she's the she sees it and I'm like crossing my fingers and sitting I'm like please don't say anything bad I will start crying like you know five months of hard work will just go down the drain and she comes out and she's like Mataka, the products are looking so petty and you know so different I really like it and I'm like ah, ah you know like yes chalo wow. okay yeah it worked yeah it worked god it was wow
0: so, uh, compared to that, your experience in London, in uh, like you were saying, RCA is so um, flexible and it's so yeah. uh, unstructured, isn't it? The the kind of options what you can yeah. do with your project. So, how do you um how, how do you rate that and how, how do you feel about um being so um kind of. Uh, Oh, what's the word i can't i can't remember the word i want to say but do you like the fact that you have so much freedom here
1: i do like it but then i that sometimes ends up in me questioning a lot of things about what i'm doing as well because because in court, in my undergrad we had this like you know, we were, whenever we made something, the teachers give gave us a very strict face, like face blunt feedback that this will not work and this will work and, you know, don't do this and don't do, you know, do this and, you know, very like straight on the face, you know, they would tell you. And, you know, they, like, I think it was, it was like a little bit more structured and under that because we were still learning a lot of basics and, you know, there were a lot of things we needed to know before we, we could, start experimenting and yeah. over here it's like anything you do they will never discourage yeah. you they will always be positive and they will and then you are like okay is it actually that good <laughs> am I actually doing something worthwhile over here <laughs> then you know come on give me some criticism like I need to know whether this would work or not so you know that's sort of a thing like sort of like you are thinking at least I do keep thinking continuously that whatever I'm making is it like is it worth it or am I just like screwing things up again right
0: now? <laughs> so I, I know that um, you work with um, uh, sustainability. That is like so yes. close to my heart. So explain what the term is. I know that sustainability means um, working with um, things that are um, not bad for the environment. But is there a more uh, comprehensive definition of what you do in textiles?
1: Um, like, I would say sustainability, like, what I have understood, especially like, after uh, spending a few months in RCA and, you know, learning more about it, is that it doesn't has to be just related to the material which you are using, mm. you know, just because we think that, uh, this material is more biodegradable. Of course, that is important. Yeah. And that is a very good step if you're choosing to use such materials. But it also depends on your process. Mm. Like suppose if I am uh, using a dyeing process, which takes up a lot of water and a lot of chemicals, even if my material is sustainable, I am still using a lot of water and a lot of chemicals.
0: Like so the indigo have... is quite toxic, isn't it? Like in India. When
1: they use indigo. No, it actually isn't. Like yeah. the oh. only thing is no. The only thing is like every time you make an indigo vat, it only lasts for a day. So you have to like make it again whenever you need to dye it or add more indigo into it when you are dyeing it again.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I. So, know. Huh. Yeah. So that's the thing which I learned, and I saw this really. Uh, sort of like it was a time not a timeline but levels of sustainability Mm. so they talked about like right now we are at the stage where we are harming the environment more rather than helping it and then sustainability is the stage where you are neither harming the environment nor helping it Mm. but we need to reach a regenerative sustainability this term was coined where you are not harming the environment but you are helping it you know thrive and grow That's so this sort of mm-hmm. yeah So this sort of stuck with me because in call like in my undergrad whenever I used to make like samples we used to make it like we got this project and I used to go out sourcing for materials and okay this is new this is different and this will look interesting I never really thought about you know whether this material is good for the environment or not mm-hmm. at that time because you know you would you, you start experiment you had just started experimenting with things and but now and all those samples are just with me right now like I have no use of it like it's really creative it helped me understand techniques but I have no use of it right now mm. so then when I came here for a masters and I was like that I don't want to make that same sort of a cycle again that i I get a project and I go out looking for materials and then I make samples and no one even looks at them after like two years of need completing my master's. Mm. What's the point of using them? What's the point of, you know, doing any of it then? So that's why I started like looking at alternate things that I could do. So I started what I started doing was I had a few materials with me from my undergrad and my previous work which I took back to took to London so I only used those materials for a while mm. and then I started looking at things like what if I have no materials with me
0: mm.
1: how can I still explain my concept or make something without any materials that's Like, is creativity only shown when you have, like, hundreds of materials with you and you're working with it? Or, you know, what if you only have options and availability of any one material? Can you even show your concepts using just that? Right. So, you know, sort of, like, my thought process changed in that way. Mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, like, it's not about using, always using, like, look hundred different types of things it's about thinking about what you're using whether is it required and how does it add value to what you're making and you know what your practice is as an artist or as a designer
0: Hmm. so do you will you have something to show at the end of it Um, if you're if I know it's all about ideas and concepts but at the end you will have to come up with something original in terms of materials that is sustainable is that going to happen
1: within like two years of masters Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that happens Mm -hmm. i am i like i hope for it i'm just like because the first project which we got for college was the stitch projects and we had to experiment with that so i used the materials which i already had with me but now like for our second year which is like a more research based where we you know designer briefs ourselves and i've been looking at what kind of a designer or what where do i stand within the industry like that has been sort of my research which has been going on over the past couple of weeks like for the summer term yeah
0: so do you bring your do you bring your indianness into your work is there any reference to your
1: yes Mm -hmm. uh yes i do because um handloom and handicraft industry of india have been very like important in my learning and i have treasured what i have learned and what how i have worked with it it has been one of my like sort of passion points in my sort of journey as a textile designer because i remember like the company which i was working for i really did not like the design ideology at all because Mm -hmm. Like, it had changed by the time I joined that company. And the moment I joined it, within three days, I was like, okay, I need to leave this place. I cannot work here. Yeah, within three days. Right. So, one day, I was just, I was like so frustrated at that time that, you know, this is not what you, like, because they said that they were a handicraft, handloom sort of based company. But what they were doing was they were making... Screen prints of designing screens of block print design to like reduce the no, that's production not good. time and I yeah. yeah, and I was like, no, like this is this isn't right. This is not then,
0: authentic at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they were very cleverly phrasing their products as hand printed.
0: Right. So it could so, be screen prints of yeah, block prints. Or yeah.
1: block prints. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I do not stand by this. Like no. Especially like because when I was working with my with the artisans for my graduation project, they used to tell me about how you know, such things are destroying their livelihood and you know, harming their yeah. prospects, and
0: yeah. it really sticks with you because you so this, see, there's like, no concept of intellectual uh, property and patent, uh, patenting designs, no, nothing, yeah,
1: nothing because like. So, for those artisans, like, generations and generations of people have been working with it. And then, now, when I was... So, when that community of weavers started, they were, like, around 45 people. Mm. And they rose up to 100. Like, you know, there was a time when there were, like, 100 weavers in the same community. And now, there are only 9 weavers left. Because the next generation
0: doesn't... don't want to... um, Yeah.
1: And then, a lot of existing weavers... So, in the village, Mm -hmm. only nine of them are still weaving. But the rest of the people also have looms at their house, which they have, like, you know, sort of folded back and kept. And they have stopped practicing. Yeah, because, like, they used to say that people come, people take, make the products, get us to make them, and then they delay the payments. And, you know, so so many different kind of things happen that they have to look for alternate livelihoods. And then when you see your parents struggle with all of that even you wouldn't want that you would want a more stable like you know stable future so you know even their children, though they know the techniques and they know the craft but they do not want to take it up as a as a profession so you know like it haunts you because those are like the precious gems of our country like you know those have been going on for so many years and trust me some of those techniques are more sustainable than what we are practicing right now
0: yeah
1: so you know this has been a very strong sort of a dialogue which have which i have in my work that do we always have to rely on machine made products because these handmade No, i'm not saying that all things should be handmade but then there are a few uh you know elements of these handcrafted products which are so much more sustainable Mm. so you know it's like that's a like so I left so I was sitting down with my computer and I wrote a long email to the Ministry of Textiles I like I sent it to all the email IDs I could found that you know like you know there should be more initiative done to not let this happen and I wrote a very long email and I sent it to them and I was like I don't know whether I'll get a reply out of it but then I was like I was so angry that you know how can you do this how can you how can you
0: consider yourself ethical after you know, if you're doing things like this. I'll tell you one example. Um, we'll come back to this. But then um, two years ago when we went to Kenya, there they have these um, prayer mats that they embroider They kind of yeah. weave. They don't embroider, they weave it. And um, I wanted to buy it. And um, and I thought it was a bit expensive. Maybe I'll think about it in the end of the trip. End of the trip, I went back to the shop. There, was, there were none available. And I was so disappointed. Came back home to London and then one day walked into zara zara home you know and there yeah. it, it i saw this exactly same designs in down to the right color everything but it was screen printed on cushion covers exactly oh my god i, I know I felt right so bad. and i'm sure this is an infringement of rights they have not taken any rights from them in terms of de- uh, patenting de- the design everything. nothing they would have not got any money from zara for this
1: i know it's it's so disappointing yeah. to see it happen it's so disappointing so did you get a reply um, from the ministry i got a reply from someone that if you want to work with a particular sort of a cluster group or something you can submit your proposal to nift because nift works with nift is sort of like a, uh, sort of like a in between things that you can submit give in your uh proposals to nift and they can forward it to the ministry of textiles right. for funds and all and then uh like but then at the same time i was preparing for my master's i didn't get a job like didn't get a chance to follow through but then
0: like at least someone did send me a reply I i'm know. like happy yeah <laughs> oh, but it's it's your generation it's people like you who can kind of there's some hope for revival of um or at least um, protection of these uh, crafts. They shouldn't die out completely, you know?
1: Yeah, and, you know, there are a lot of designers who are actually working with such craftsmen mm. and, you know, uh, giving them employment and all of that. But then at the same time, I wonder, like, those goods which they make and then they add their brand value to it, it becomes so expensive at times mm. that people don't people don't buy it, like, they have a very niche market like mm. you know I, and then I wondered because when you're what I notice is that when you are buying directly from the artisans and you know when they are making the designs and selling it to you they sell it at a comparatively cheaper Much, rate
0: yes yes
1: yeah so like I sometimes wonder that how shouldn't there be a middle ground where you know because in india like so many the mass population is middle class mm. you know no one goes for like high branded things all the time yeah so there should be like a middle middle ground present where you know people who want to be more sustainable by using such things and you know they should have the choice of doing that at least yeah uh in terms of price points. oops
0: Hi. So sorry about the interruption, Matrika. So I yeah. wanted to talk about um, the what you are up to in the lockdown now. I know that um, RCA is quite active in terms of um, online tutoring and you have some projects related to um, helping out with the um, coronavirus and stuff. Why don't you let the listeners know a little more about that?
1: Yeah, so we have like it. There was a project announced called the Mask Project where they like, so it isn't compulsory to participate in it. It's just uh, we are working, like, the project is in collaboration with an Austrian mill mm-hmm. and they're looking for students to design a new type of mask, whether it's uh, whether they base their, uh, you know, design innovation in terms of fabric or, you know, filters or sort of coatings or shape or anything like they're just looking for getting a new design for masks which might be more suitable Mm -hmm. in the near future so we've been working with that like me and two more people so Mm -hmm. we are a group of three people and we are working on that right now
0: so have you decided on the kind of cloth and is it going to be cotton or is it going to be a mix or
1: Uh, We are looking at natural fabrics because it's more environmental friendly than using a polyester based fabric and then uh, like we are working on the design and the shape of the mask as well and how it can be structured to and like how it can give more protection and a sense of identity and because like when you're making a wearing a mask like the only feature of visible is your eyes yes. and your forehead yeah. so how can you create a sense of identity while ma- wearing a mask so let's Fantastic. see
0: how that you you hit yeah. the nail on the head so i think we have masks or something that will um stay for a while now even though yeah um, if, definitely. even if we come out of the lockdown so might as well do something that is um functional yeah. and um adds a little more to the personality yes so, um, thanks so much for your really insightful conversation, uh, Matrika. Such a pleasure talking to you. And, and Such a pleasure <laughs> talk, being a part of this, I would say. Yeah. And uh, good luck for your project. I hope your uh, designs get selected. And uh, Thank you. So, let us know, what is your Instagram handle? What, what is your kind of uh, social media presence so that I can let people know to get in touch with you?
1: um my instagram handle is at matrika underscore b Mm -hmm. it's m-a-t-r-i-k-a underscore and the letter B. Mm -hmm. and uh i currently don't have work on instagram i just joined like a few months ago i was like yeah i have like so my friends have been telling me asking me to join for the since like since college and i was like since undergrad and i've been just sort of curing away but then after coming to London and spending a few months I was like okay maybe I think it's time I like you know create an Instagram presence as well so it's just been a few months and and hoping that like whatever next thing I work on
0: it goes there yes fantastic nice talking to you Matrika see you soon bye yes bye